first, don't give up. You're going to get tough. Don't take it going to be so easy or rosy. And then always get bored of advisors, people who you trust, their sense of judgment that you can listen to. You need mentorship. Get as good every mentorship, uh, every uh, uh, proper advice you can get. Be open to change your idea. Because sometimes the original concept can change along the line. So be willing to listen to professional advice and don't give up. Keep going. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several uh, startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents, trademarks, and everything for their business. And if you ever need help with your business, feel free to reach out to us at strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, and I'm all guests, I always worry I'm going to mispronounce today, but I'm especially slightly nervous on this name, but I'm giving it my best shot, which is Tabreze Zugbo. Close enough. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, so Tabreze uh, is uh, from uh, Nigeria or went to university in Nigeria, Nigeria, left university to start a business. Um, I think did a bit of work in China for a period of time and then come, came to the U.S. and uh, went shopping for some items and uh, just kind of looking at the items, was kind of wondering, you know, you see a lot of Chinese made items that are, are sold in the U.S., but how can you better understand or better if you have certain items you want to buy at different countries you know you want to buy u.s made items or you want to buy it from nigeria or china or uh, mexico or anything else how would you do that and how can you improve that experience and that kind of set him on to a bit of the journey where he's at today of uh launching that and, and going a bit further with that concept and that idea to make it a reality so with that much as an introduction welcome onto the podcast my pleasure thank you david and thank for the opportunity so absolutely. So I gave the kind of the brief introduction and the brief intro, but take us back a bit, a, a bit in time about uh, going to university in Nigeria and kind of how that, or, or how your journey went from there. So maybe picking up from there. Oh, okay. So I um, actually went to university here, a popular university uh, called Federal Investor Technology, mm -hmm. uh, but I dropped out to start a business at my final year, actually, because uh, Hmm. I got admission from U.S. Uh, from Mackinac State University in Louisiana, and I got scholarship actually. And some other schools in U.S. at the time gave me scholarship, but I, I couldn't get visa to travel. So, so and uh, I wanted to do artificial intelligence at the time. So, and we don't have that option here. I was doing uh, applied physics hmm. at, uh, at the time. Uh, so I actually always wanted the best. So I, I left to start business. Well, my family, I came from a very a business oriented background. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, and so you did that and I, I certainly makes sense. Hey, you're, you know, looking to have a responsibility, support the family, went to university for a period of time and they're saying, okay, I would need to, or do, or need to do something else as well. So then, you know, you, you start down that path and I think that led you to China. Is that right? Or do I remember that right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I actually, after the university, I, I started business. The first thing I did was to, uh, go into PP, personal position equipment business. So I, I have my, one of my brother then, our second son was a very, as a, an international businessman. So we have a lot of uh, 
Chinese companies that he was dealing business with. So I, I have some construction companies in Nigeria and the oil industry in Nigeria that I went prospecting, telling them about uh, supplying them PPE, you know, and then customize it, put their names on the shoes and all that from the factory. So that was like I had then. So I approached a number of companies. Uh, I got some orders. So I went to China and started importing those products. Um, and uh, that's how I started. So I was actually going to China purely on a business trip. So I, I went there regularly, like three, four times a year, uh, sometimes five times a year. That was from 2008, actually, was my first trip. July 2008 was my first trip overseas. I was quite young then. And uh, that is how I started. So going further to the time I came to U.S. on a business trip as well. <laughs> hmm. So now, now, how did you, you know, so you were going back and forth with China, buying some of the products, kind of that was the initial entrance into doing that, you know, into business and growing and figuring all of that out. Now, what brought you to the U.S. or kind of how did you make that connection? Was it a desire to come right. to the U.S.? You had a business opportunity? You, you know, kind of what, what brought you to the U.S. and what did you do once you got here? Okay, so uh, like I explained, I started doing supply. I mean, doing contracting with companies, supplying PPEs. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I started thinking, I need to be some brands, you know. Contract can cease. A lot of things affects oil industry. Price of oil could go so low, and some of these companies will not require as much PPE as they want before. So I look at setting up other sectors. Uh, I went into um, cosmetics products and then some um, grocery items and food items. So I uh, first went to Jamli, had a brand that I was marketing in Nigeria. And then I started thinking of uh, Image Gum, you know, having, at the time in Nigeria, um, a lot of people were buying a Red Bull, other kind of stuff. So, but I was thinking, can we have something like a gum, a chewing gum that has, that can give you energy, that has caffeine and all that in it. Mm. So I started company that can do that for me. I got a British company, an Australian company. There's one company in Australia then that their packaging was really so nice. Mm. Then I got another company in US, uh, in Maryland actually, in Hunt Valley. And uh, I started discussing with them. So for them, their minimum order quantity was much lower than the one in UK and Australia. So that was how I chose to make the product with them. And then that brought me to America. That was my first trip coming to visit the company, uh, sign an agreement for uh, private level manufacturing because they had to do my brand for me. And uh, it was on that trip that the experience you mentioned earlier happened, you know, going to shopping mall to buy some things for myself and gifts I'm going to give to people when I come back to Nigeria. And uh, uh, that's it, yeah. So, so now you have, you know, come to the U.S., you continue on in the business, and then you have the idea of, hey, how do I start to kind of provide that information so people want to buy it from a specific country? And there's a number of motivations, right? It could be everything from, hey, I want to buy it from this country because I like the, if it's food, I like the flavor, I like the style or technique, to, hey, I want to support, you know, the different causes or different countries. Hey, I want to support, you know, new businesses and whether it's you know south america or africa or asia or india or wherever or i want to buy us made so you know you kind of have all those different motivations for why you'd want to do it and you have this idea now how did you go about kind of starting to build it or to to otherwise um make it a reality okay fine so um that experience at uh, messi store in in maryland really changed a whole lot of things for me 
you know, being somebody who traveled to China all the time and getting to that store, and then I'm seeing made in China a lot. And I, I, being my first time in US, I want to buy made in US brand. At least when I give my friends gifts in Nigeria, or my family a mm. gift, it's be made in US, you know. So um, though I was able to buy one or two things there, but it got me thinking, I mean, how do we provide a platform where people can shop things based on where it's made in? Okay, mm -hmm. maybe I want to buy made in US, like you mentioned, or made in Colombia, or made in Nigeria, or made anywhere. So uh, that got me thinking of that. So initially, when I came back to Nigeria that year, I got uh, an IT person here, a programmer here in Nigeria, and then I got one person in India, I commissioned mm -hmm. to over to this project. But then, being that such a platform never existed as a one-stop platform, because what we do have is maybe a website showing made in US. You don't have any one-stop platform where you can shop based on any country of your choice, okay? Mm. Then, um, first idea came to my mind. I told them, okay, I want the, first, the website, the first page of the web, the front page to be like word map. So you click on the one, the, the country where you want to shop from, and then you can start doing that. But when they first designed it, I look at it, I say, this is crazy. <laughs> mm. The user is going to be crazy. So, we started at fresh, so we started designing it, modifying it. But you know, as we were doing that, a whole lot of other things has to come in place. Because number one, if you want to build one-stop platform where products made in any country of your choice can be found, okay, specific to that country, then you also create the demand and supply in the sense that you have to find a way to supply products coming from some countries to vendors or the merchants that would want that in order to populate the marketplace effectively. Otherwise you can have made in US, made in Nigeria, maybe one or two or five countries there. You won't be able to have broader representation of countries. Okay, so what I did was to say, okay, we have to do B2B as well. We have to create a B2B platform in it. So the platform is gonna be both B2C and B2B. In other words, if you are in America as a business, you want to produce your product in Africa, you want to do African-made product, or Nigerian-made product, or Colombian-made product, or whatever country, you'll be able to find companies doing private label or whatever for you, okay? And then if we see that a lot of buyers, a lot of shoppers are looking for product made in, say, um, Ecuador, we could tell you, as a merchant, that you are selling similar items. And we realize that there is a lot of interest for products coming from, for this particular kind of product coming from Ecuador. So we can link you with the business there that can make your own brand for you. Say, for instance, um, Sakura uh, is well way known in some specific cosmetics items. Okay, so there's a lot of people who might have interest in getting brands from there. Okay, so we now develop the B2B coupled with the B2C in one platform. Then as that idea was going as we were working on it, we still, um, then I started thinking of other issues as well. Because mm. when I did my research, one of the boosting consulting group, VCG report, shows that a lot of Americans want to buy made in the US. Even a higher percentage of them can pay up to 15% more on US products for mm. other companies. Then I started seeing German, Germany, Japan, different countries, how people, prefer things coming from there. But at the same time, there's something that's struck. Mm. A lot of people want to spend 
helping others. Some people who want to spend um, local, uh, uh, locally made product in America want to support the economy. They want to support their com community. Take for instance, as COVID has ravaged a lot of businesses, mom and pop shops are closing. Some small businesses start testing their product. The first point, we are small businesses actually, do test their product. Is on at those small mom and pop shops in the streets, in their community. I've been a businessman, I've created a brand. I've created up 15 brands in Nigeria that sells, not just in Nigeria, but in other African countries. First time where you create a brand, being a small business, you take it to those small shops where your community people go to shop, right? So if for this COVID that closes all the shops down, how are small businesses able to sell their product? Because even when you go to some online stores, you have to make a lot of advertisement and all that. So it's not so easy, okay? So I started thinking, even before COVID, how do we get involved women-owned enterprise products identified, minority-owned enterprise products identified? And then with the uh, uh, country of origin associated with products also helping those who want to maybe support uh, people in Africa, like you mentioned earlier, maybe they, as a way of direct wealth transfer hmm. to the people there. Because it, it, so maybe just diving in or jumping in really quick. So, you know, and I think that, that, you know, the motivation kind of why you do what, you know, what they're, what you're trying to accomplish definitely makes sense. And that kind of brings us up to kind of where you're at today. And if I remember right, you guys have kind of done what would be a, a bit of a, you know, a soft launch, so to speak, or you've got a, you got the website up, you're starting to get vendors, you're starting to get people on board and starting to implement the project. So kind of give us an idea of kind of where you're at today and kind of what's the next steps or kind of what, you know, where things are heading from or heading now. Okay, so so uh, we started July next, last year, which actually started November to raise the matches on the Nigerian uh, marketplace. So as of today, we have we have thousands of merchants on the Nigerian marketplace. And we, are, we have started selling from July and we are receiving very good review and a lot of people love it. The idea of shopping some certain things. Then we also noticed some trends. A lot of people, our merchants here, also want to diversify their supply chain. So some people are looking for maybe US products and all that. They mm -hmm. can buy it wholesale. So uh, this time we are launching in US. Um, we've started onboarding merchants on our US marketplace. We just opened it on ablec.com for merchants to, re to re get registered on put their product there. And then hopefully by end of this month, it, it could be open for con consumers to start shopping on it. So not just consumers, but also the wholesale services, the B2B part of it. Mm. Yeah, so we, we kind of want to serve as gateway to African market, not just for, for retail, but for, for B2B, for wholesale services. The same thing for African businesses to US and Canada. And, and at the moment, we partner with uh, Shipbop, they are based in Chicago, for our local logistics, both in US and, and Canada, for fulfillment, fulfillment services and warehousing. No, I think that that sounds exciting and a fun, a lot of progress we made and a lot of uh, fun or fun opportunities down the road. So now as that kind of brings us up today, maybe we'll, you know, as we wrap towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions that I, I always hit on and also we'll jump to those now. So the first question is, so along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I, I think um, the worst business decision I've ever made was doing 
a business, one particular business in a foreign country without hiring an attorney. In mm. fact, our mm. advice, if you want to do business that you, you are ready to bet up to $50,000, even if it's $25,000, you need an attorney. Mm. Because I, I had this business, the first business I told you I came to US, I lost $127,000. Because I went to this company, they made a product for me because I didn't have an attorney uh, when I came to sign the agreement and all that. But unfortunately, I realized the company were not really producing much, that kind of thing at that time. So uh, they tried making the product. It took us a long time to get the formula, the formulation and all that. Then when the manifest batch was not good, they, they apologized. They tried again, tried again. I saw the red, red flags. But at the end of the day, when they shipped the product to me, within three months, I have to do a record. It's a massive record because the product was missing our shelves. But because, uh, and then I wanted to come over to negotiate with them, I was denied visa at that time. Though I let us got my visa, but it took almost a, more than a year. So because I didn't have an attorney then to, to discuss, uh, to you know, inter intervene on my behalf, it, I lost that money. I lost the business, I lost everything. So I, I, the best advice I will give is, Always, even if you are doing $25,000 business, uh, get an attorney to help you straighten things up, especially even local. It, not, it doesn't have to be foreign country, even local. Yeah. Hmm. No, and I think that, that that's a, you know, mistake certainly to learn from and, and great advice for, uh, that you learn from it. So, and it kind of transitions into the, the second question, which is now if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a, a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? The one piece of advice I will tell anybody who wants to go into startup is first, don't give up. It's going to get tough. Don't take it to be, it'll be so easy or rosy. And then always get bored of advisors, people who you trust, their sense of judgment that you can listen to. You need mentorship. Get as good every mentorship, uh, every uh, uh, proper advice you can get. Be open to change your idea. But sometimes the original concept can change along the line. So be willing to listen to professional advice and don't give up. Keep mm. going. No, I think I think that's uh, that's great advice, and I think certainly something that people should take to heart as, as they get started on a startup or a small business. So, well, as we wrap up, if people want to um, find out more about you, they want to be uh, a client, they want to be a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you or find out more? Okay, so the uh, best way to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on LinkedIn, uh, which is ChibuezeJ uh, Zubo, uh, or through my email, ChibuezeAfriposi.com. So Chibweze, that is my first name. And then at Ebosi.com is a very good way to reach me. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, find out more, support uh, support the, a great business, and, uh, and uh, definitely do their part. So, well, as we wrap up, first of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if uh, you have your own journey to tell and uh, you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Also, uh, make sure if you're a listener to click subscribe so you get notified in your podcast uh, app so you get notifications as all the new awesome episodes come out and leave us a review so new people can find us as well. 
Last but not least, if you ever have uh, any needs for startup or as a startup or small business for patents, trademarks, or anything else related to your business, feel free to reach out to us by going to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Thank it's you, David, for having me. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. And good luck with the, the next leg of your journey. Wish it even better than the last. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Sure.